This is perfect. Good morning, ladies. You guys look gorgeous. Wow, and how about that worship? Did you feel the presence of the Lord? Uh, he is here, and I, I just really sense that we're ready for breakthrough. We're ready to break free. The Lord is here, and he's our firm foundation. Thank you, Pastor Terry, for the invitation. Thank you to the leadership team, the women's leadership team. We just, I just love what you guys are about. I feel so at home here. Um, so thank you for that. And that, again, thank you to the worship team. Uh, three of them uh, uh, went to life or are go- at life right now, and I just love that you are all using your gifts, all four of you, using your gifts for God's glory um, and purposes. And I do want to acknowledge the younger generation. What's your name? Alina, I just have to say it is so important that we live in generational relationship. You know, today the things I'm going to talk about is, are really for you too and that you can apply them because, listen, this is, this is our, our future leader right here. In fact, she's a leader right now. She's a leader right now. You are influencing people, and, and you, you, there is a seat at the table for you. So all, as you, th- and anyone who's younger, you are, you are welcome here. This is for you, and you're going to change your generation. So I love it. We always want to see the room filled with our young women and young men, but right now it's just for young women. So um, the, let's just pray the Lord would just be with us. I know we bake this in prayer, but I just, I'm so excited Because even as I share today, as you have revelation, as you have these moments of aha, that God's going to break things off your life. You're going to have breakthrough just by thinking differently today. So Jesus, we welcome you here. We welcome your Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to just cancel anything that is any transference or any um, burdens that we've carried in. Lord, we give them to you and we fully remain present and open to what you have for us. Move in our lives, break down any barriers or defense mechanisms so that we may clearly, clearly hear you and be changed by the power of of the living God. We welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, yes, Pastor Terry, I love my kids. My kids are awesome. Ethan and my and his beautiful wife are, have been married a couple of years, and he's about ready to graduate with his master's degree in film scoring. So he's looking at getting a job at a company, a video game company or something to, to score uh, video games and, and films. That's what he's been doing for about five years. So we're excited. And my daughter is a junior, going to be a junior at Life Pacific University. And I'm going to tell you this. Life's for real. The university's for real. When it's affecting my daughter and I'm watching her flourish, I'm like, okay, okay, Life Pacific. I kind of like you. I mean, I always have. And I graduated from there and I see amazing alum uh, that come through. But, But to see my daughter grow leaps and bounds, not just academically, but I'm talking about emotionally, spiritually, socially, that her identity is being grounded. So if you are interested in Life Pacific or if you are, have a calling to like finish your degree or go on to graduate school or we have a booth in the back, so Madison's going to be back there today. So everyone, wave your hand. A beautiful woman of God right there from LPU. But so I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, I'm just short. I'm just short. <laughs> I wonder, should we get a music stand? You know, I, I'm so relational. I love to see your faces, and I feel like I'm just looking at my computer. So we're going to get a little stand. Thank you, Pastor Terry. So I want you guys to all think about why I'm setting this up a little bit. I want to think about, I want you to reflect on why are you here today? Why are you here? What breakthrough do you want in your life today? Yeah, you want to share? We're all broken we carry stuff. 
Amen. Amen. Someone else. Why are you here today? Why are you here? Because Pastor Terry throws a great party. (laughs) Great food. Great ambiance and aesthetic. Anyone else? Why are you here? Yes. For God. Yes. Amen. To learn more. Amen. Well, today I believe you're going to learn more. What I think I have a superpower. I have a superpower not because I'm great, but because I'm simple. I like to take complex things and make them digestible. I don't like complicated. I want to get to the finish line as quick as possible. I like to get the task done. I want to get to my breakthrough. I want to get, get to the gifts and the promises that God's given me. And so whatever I got to do to move the rubble, I want to get there. And so I like to take what's complicated, make it simple. And I'm going to tell you that everything that I share today and to the young women here, you're going to be able to pass it on. God's word As complicated as we might feel sometimes when we think about it, it's actually simple. Do you know that his disciples were teenagers? And when he called his disciples, I think Peter was not a teenager. I know my theology a little bit. I went to Bible school. Uh, He, I think, was 21. But the rest were teenagers. You know why he chose them? Because they were willing, open, and humble. And in three years, they turned the world upside down. And then as Jesus ascended to heaven... He gave them the keys. He gave them the mission of the world. And now we know Christ because of them. Teenagers. So we're going to keep it simple today. We're going to break free from the past. I love this verse. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is Jesus. Jesus is going to set you free. But the truth of your life and understanding the truth of what you've been through is also a part of being free. I see too many people walking around lipping overwhelmed. You and I are not surprised that mental health issues are at an all-time high. We have one in five U.S. adults that experience a mental illness each year. One in six youth aged 6 to 17 experience a mental health disorder each year. And since the pandemic, depression and anxiety for young people have doubled. We know that suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 34. And anxiety is the number one Disorder around the world affecting 285 million people. I do want to encourage you today that anxiety is the most treatable. And yet we're walking around limping and struggling. What has happened? Well, let me tell you, you're not crazy. We have experienced isolation, overwhelm. We've experienced um, disconnection over the past two years. But let me tell you, mental health problems didn't just start with the pandemic. They proceeded. In fact, in 2017, researchers began sounding the alarm that there was a problem that was going to arise. In 2008, they sounded the alarm. In 2010, they sounded, sounded the alarm because with the rise of the iPhone in 2007, the world changed overnight. Mental health issues started rising, and now we're realizing that the digital space, the digital world, has impacted our mental health more than any other invention ever. And now we're catching up. But mental health issues have always struggled. We've always struggled in our world. In fact, the Bible tells us that David was troubled and he battled despair. That Job was in anguish emotionally and physically. That Elijah was depressed. Elijah, a hero of the Bible, was depressed, even suicidal. Jonah was angry and he felt anger and depression and loneliness. And Jeremiah wrestled with great 
loneliness. Paul talked about a thorn in his side. I just want to normalize that we are going to struggle, but guess what? God sent his son to give us freedom. And if not only to give us freedom, that Hebrews tells us that therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Because why? We have a high priest that is not unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So let us all approach the, what, God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus has a way for us forward to break free from the past. It is time. We've been scammed. We've been told by the enemy that we are broken and broken forever, that we are going to be stuck in our pain forever. And let me tell you, we've been scammed. We've not accessed the truth of Scripture to set us free. We don't understand that the words that God shares with us can be integrated practically to set us free. This is my favorite verse I shared with those around me. The next slide is the enemy comes only to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that we may have it and have it abundantly. Jesus is not like, I'm going to give you a little happiness while you're suffering. No, he's going to give you so much, more than you can ever ask or dream of. So he wants us to break free, but see, we can't break free from the past until we become aware of what has caused our brokenness, what's caused our maladies, adaption in the world that's caused our limping. See, we want to kind of just get saved and the past is behind. We're a new creation and we like to move on and then we're happy for a bit, right? And then we wonder, Lord, why am I reacting? What are these allergies in my life when I'm, what are these triggers? Why do I crave the things that I used to do when I was without you? Lord, what's happening? So I want to share with you a quote that I think is really important. Philosophically, we got to get this in our heart, okay? This is from St. Augustine. People travel to wonder at the height of the mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of rivers, at the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motion of the stars, and yet they pass by themselves without wondering. You women of God are a wonder. But do you wonder? Do you wonder why the patterns persist? Do you wonder why you have issues, dare I say, with women? Do you wonder why you may have issues with men? Do you wonder why you don't know how to be vulnerable? Do you wonder why you put rigid boundaries around your life to self-protect? Have you ever wondered? It's time to wonder. It's time to wonder. See, we have to understand that there are many components of who we are. And so I want to show you, I want, again, this is going to be an empowering day for you because you're going, to, you're going to understand. We need to understand the components of who you are. See, we, to feel is to be human. And to, admit, to minimize or to deny is a distortion of what it means to be, in the, to be an image bearer of God. A personal God, to the degree which we are unable to express our emotions we remain impaired in the ability to love God, others, and ourselves. We need to wonder. We need to be honest. See, most of us have struggles being honest because as early as we can imagine, we have been maybe invalidated. 
You know what? Let me, get, let me break it down in another way. Mommy, I'm cold. No, you're not. Mommy, I'm hungry. No, you just ate. You're not hungry. Mommy, I feel stressed out. What are you stressed out about? Everything's fine. We don't even realize as mothers we invalidate our children's feelings. Now, I'm not all about indulging, but I am about validating a human experience. Maybe we don't get it, but so often we treat our young ones as if they have adult brains. Maybe we don't understand their anxiety, but we're not who them. We're not in their worlds. So we don't under, we, so what we do, guess what we do? We, we lock up our emotions. We start to doubt who we are, to doubt how we feel, and we forget that the emotional component of who we are is important because we have a God that feels. And throughout his word, he says, God says, I'm a jealous God. I am angry. I'm desperate for you. I love you. I grieve over you. Throughout scriptures, you will see these words, and yet we struggle with acknowledging our own emotions. We are his image bearers, ladies, and so we feel We need to be aware and wonder why we feel the way we do. So what makes up our mental health? I I get it all the time. It's like, why is mental health such a problem these days? Boy, it wasn't like this when we were young. What's going on? And a lot of young people believe that their mental health is a life sentence. It's like as if it just picks people. I'm going to give you suicidal ideation. I'm going to give you depression. I'm going to give you anxiety, and, and we're stuck with it. And that, that label, right, that diagnosis can become our identity. Am I right? So let's break it down. What really makes up our mental health? Well, one, your biology. We love our parents, but they gave us some gifts. They gave us some gifts. Thank, praise you, Jesus. When you go to the doctor, they ask for your, your family history. Is there cancer, high blood pressure, hypertension? How often do your doctors ask about the history of their emotional state? Stuff like anxiety, depression, trauma. My friends, that transfers. When I first did my family history when I was in my graduate program, I put my family history on paper and I began to look at the patterns from the second and third generation above me and I began to see, oh my goodness, we... We have immigrants, and we have the loss of land and family and friends, and and we have lots of tears. And I remember the story I was told when I was young that my grandfather would cry. He moved from Italy to Pennsylvania, and he cried for a year. When they left Pennsylvania to California, he cried for a year. And you know what that is? It's called depression. It's called grief and loss. But they didn't know that language back then. And then I th- saw patterns of, of his children. And then I saw patterns in me, in me, and I thought, oh, my goodness. I have an inheritance, an emotional inheritance that didn't originate with me. And, and therefore, if it didn't start with me, maybe it doesn't belong to me. Maybe this isn't me. Maybe I am, have transmission of trauma from the third to fourth generation. As we learn in, in psychology that transmission of trauma happens from one generation to the next. And while you may not even be in the same circumstances of your ancestors who went through the Holocaust, who went through in the incredible challenges of civil rights, we carry their trauma in our DNA. So one, it's our biology. It's the transmission of trauma from one generation to the next. But guess what? We can change it. We can decide, Lord, this isn't my story. Now, I embrace what my parents went through, but guess what? They slayed 
in life so that I could be free. Lord, I don't want this in my life. Number two, our psychology. These are what changes the brain. These are things and experiences that you have from the moment you come into the world and all of my psychologist friends, even pre-birth. Do you know that you as a baby at 12 weeks can hear outside the womb? So you're taking in information and data that is changing you. That's why I love doing womb work. I love helping my clients understand that whatever happened outside the womb, it had nothing to do with them. Because they, you, are being fearfully and wonderfully made Knit together by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are safe, you are secure. And when we as women can embrace a loving Father, even in the womb, we begin to change our identity, we begin to change how we think about our lives, and we begin to break off things that were passed down. Psychology also can be affected if you were a preemie. If you were without oxygen, how many of you had the cord wrapped around your neck? My daughter did, and I can barely touch her neck. Why? Because she has cellular memory. My son was a forceps baby. And guess what? I go to touch his head. I mean, he's masterful. He he feels my my force field coming. And he will. But guess what? We worked on it the last several years with just touching his head, and now he's able. Right? Right? We have cellular memory. Things change us. What about early childhood trauma, like a car accident, a loss of a grandparent, a divorce, a concussion when you fell out of the crib, or that football game that you witnessed and you saw someone like your brother or your your cousin get hit by another player? That affects the brain. That affects your psychology. The things that affect your brain that hijack you, the moment of trauma is the moment that you've been hijacked emotionally. Whenever you had trauma, typically that's how old you were when you start, stopped emotionally growing. Let me just say to the room, you're not crazy. It all makes sense. When you understand your story and you begin to wonder about the wonder that you are, you begin to define and identify Moments that affected your psychology, that affect your mental health, that affect the bondage that you're walking out today. You may feel like a mystery right now, but may I encourage you to dive into your family history. Dive into validating the moments of your life that shaped you forever. Your psychology is impacted by your life. And then your sociology makes up your mental health. It's your environment. How were you raised? What were the stories you were told? What role were you in the family? Were you the hero? Were you the scapegoat? Were you the lonely child? If I just kind of keep quiet, I'll keep the peace. If you were raised in a high-conflict home, you learned how to be invisible. You learned how to keep the peace and avoid the force fields in your home. In fact, maybe some of you felt like you had to be the hero and you had to fix things and be Supergirl, that affects your mental health because guess what you are today? You're the supergirl that's over-functioning, overworked, overtired, and looking for someone to parent you. None of this is your fault, but it is our collective responsibility to heal our brokenness 
that was not our fault. So when people say, I'm struggling with mental health and I feel shame, and I, I always like to say, don't feel shame. We all struggle with our mental health. In fact, Jesus cares about mental health. And I believe that if he, he was here in the flesh, he would have a big old tent outside at the beach with a big sign that said, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. Let's deal with your mental health. And you know what? He'd have the biggest mega church in the world, right? <laughs> Count me in. Sign me up, right? So how many of you feel that this brings some framework to mental health? What it does for us as moms and maybe spiritual moms or aunties and grandparents, it helps us to consider how we function with those in our care, how we validate, how we honor, how we leave room, and how we ensure that we don't damage those around us. Because ultimately, the next slide shows that the body is going to keep the score. And that's what's happened to all of us. The body is what... In fact, our, our mind might, even, might not even consider ourselves in need of any mental health care or any breakthrough. or anti- I know that I went through a lot of years suffering because I just diminished my needs. My father died when I was 16 years old, and I remember within a couple of days, someone mentioned counseling, and I, I was like, oh, no, no, no. No, I'm fine. I mean, I didn't even think that I would be worthy of counseling, nor did I have the humility to say, I cannot do this alone. I remember like, oh, no, no, I don't, I don't need that. But guess what? My body kept the score. The Body Keeping the Score is a, is a great book by a world-renowned trauma therapist that talks about everything we've gone through is contained in our bodies. And then our bodies love to speak for us. And our bodies are the ones that are speaking out that we have unresolved trauma that we have unresolved things in our past, and it's coming out, and it looks like emotional dysregulation. It looks like reactivity. It looks like depression. It looks like anxiety or stress or restlessness, confusion. Maybe it looks like heart palpitations. Maybe it looks like people-pleasing. How about physical pain, like rash and headaches and insomnia and autoimmune disorder and fatigue and chronic illness or diseases? Or how about anger? Difficulty in relationships, work issues, conflict, resentment. It is not your fault, my ladies, but it's our responsibility. You're not crazy. You didn't choose it. But we all have a pattern of behavior that's wired us. Am I speaking to anyone? Is this helpful? That has wired us to live a certain way. And how many of you ever feel like it's Groundhog's Day? You're like, I'm dealing with the same issues. The same story, the same thing. I'm, 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 doing, I'm doing with one in my life, and I'm like, Lord, you got to help me, like, scratch this record because I'm really so over it. I'm like, what is, and listen, I'm doing the work. I have a therapist. I just did biofeedback, and I, I got my brain reset, and, I, and it made such a difference as I listened to my own brain waves and tried to, like, I'm, like, going for it. Whatever Angie needs, I got to be better. In this world, I have stuff that I'm overcoming. But unless we are aware and wonder at the wonder that we are, we will never heal. The reality is that 70 to 95% of doctor visits are stress-related. You hear the story, I went in thinking I had a heart attack, right? And then they're like, you're having a panic attack. And they're like, what? 
I don't even feel anxious. Your body keeps the score. So stress is real and trauma is real. So we're going to go back to that awesome slide that some of you saw at our retreat. And we're going to talk about the roots of pain. Because God wants you to know that it's safe to wonder. You're not crazy. It all makes sense. Number one, let's look at this roots of pain. We talked about trauma A, trauma by its absence. This is an area of validation for all of us in this room today. Because some of us wonder, what's wrong? Why am I limping? Why do I have all these problems? Jesus, why aren't I receiving the breakthrough that you have for me? Let me tell you, it's because you're not validating a true trauma in your life. And you think you should be okay. Number one, not being cherished or celebrated as a child. If you are not cherished or celebrated as a child, there is going to be suffering. You're always going to question your identity. You're always going to wonder why you don't feel like you fit in. You are always going to wonder why you don't feel worthy. People that are not cherished or celebrated have a hard time receiving. How anyone in this room have a hard time trusting and receiving? Do you know, developmentally speaking, that trust is established? Being able to receive love is formed in year zero to three. Wow. Mommies or young mommies, those zero to three years year old, that age is important for attachment. It's not your fault, but it's now our responsibility. We're going to wonder at our wonder. No experience of being a delight. Eyes didn't light up when they saw you. You didn't feel the pleasure of being known. I have a little girl I'm working with. She's 16 and Amazing, but you know what? She feels like her mom hates her. I know for a fact her mom doesn't hate her, but she's not experiencing being a delight. In fact, th- there's so much over-focus on her bad behavior that that's, that's gotten the limelight. And you know it's not making this little girl act any better because she already feels defined Some of you were defined at an early age. Not having a parent to take time to understand who you truly are can be a trauma. Why is it a trauma? Because it maladapts you. You have to function away from from that core need and responsibility of the community. You know, the community is responsible for tasks. And when the community fails the task of raising up the next generation, traumas happen. How about not receiving large amounts of non-sexual physical nurture? Some of you are not huggers, right? Attachment issues, issues, right? When you avoid the hug, it's because you weren't hugged. Or something happened early where you didn't feel like you could be hugged or you didn't feel safe. How about not receiving age-appropriate limits? We have a generation right now that has the most powerful device in their hand, and they shouldn't. In fact, now the APA, even the White House, has sent out messages that we need to rethink access to media, social media. In fact, they're saying 16 for a phone, 18 for social media. And that screen time, according to the APA, and all the data that's out there, is screen time should be limited to two hours or less a day. We were not designed for this. And when a a second grader is being addicted to pornography, that is a trauma that is on our hands. 
our responsibility. So we need to have age-appropriate limits for our children. We need to have, be talking about this with parents, that even Bill Gates and Steve Jobs did not let their children have technology. Not until they went to college. Why? Because they understood the power of addiction. They understood what would happen to the brain, and they wanted their kids to be creative and entrepreneurial. What did they know that we're unwilling to do? They knew that technology changes the brain and maladapts us and traumatizes us too early. Not given adequate basic needs, not being taught to do hard things, not given the opportunity to develop personal talents and resources. These are all traumas by its absence. And this, my friends, are here to just validate what's happened. But Jesus has a new way. He has the way. How about Bryant's presence? We get this. Physical abuse, spanking that becomes violent, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, name-calling. Some of you, I believe, in this room have curses on your life from people who have spoken names or words or declared failure over you. Unless you take authority over them and send them to the foot of Jesus, they're going to exist in your life. Jesus comes to save us in our, right? We have Christ in our, in our soul, but guess what? We have to participate in working at our salvation every day. We have to work out maturity, and we have to take authority. We're going to talk about authority in a minute to heal ourselves through the power of Jesus. We have to take authority and say, the enemy, what the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it for good. Those words from my mother, my father, my teacher, the bullies, I take authority and I send them to the foot of Jesus and I will not listen to them anymore. You break the power. How about, again, the abandonment by a parent that says I'm not worthy, the lies. The lies that we believe become the trauma of our life. Parentified due to neglect that some of you were parents when you were children, right? I'm sorry. You don't even know what it means to be free, to play, to not have the weight of the world on your shoulders. This is what happens when we're parentified as children. We don't know how to play. It's not your fault. Guess what? It's our responsibility to learn how to play at 25, at 35, at 45, 65. Angie Richie's learning how to play. I struggle with play. I don't have time for play. I, I have to be forced to go to Disney World. <laughs> My staff, we did a retreat, and they, they're like, Angie, we're gonna, let's go to Disney World and have a, a staff retreat, and let's, and let's brainstorm. And I'm like, this is indulgent. This is ridiculous, but I'll do it. And then we got into budget issues, and I'm like, we're not doing it. it it's not justified. We can't. And I had an intervention. My HR director <laughs> and my CFO, they said, Angie, you can't just give and take away. And you kind of need this. And, I, and so I'm like, really? They're like, yes, it's already budgeted. So we went to Disney World in Florida. And I was kind of walking around first half of the day with my cabinet. And I was trying to feel the feels. And, and you know what? Then all of a sudden it started to get kind of fun. <laughs> and I started to kind of, okay. And then and we started to get some good food. And we started to like laugh. And, and by 2 o'clock we got to Star Wars. 
And by Star Wars, we were like strategic planning like no one's business. We, the creative juices, we were like, I mean, we were laughing, we were fighting, you know, we were fighting in, I don't know, the galaxies, all the enemies of the galaxy, and, and we're in the spaceship, and we're laughing and pushing buttons and trying to win, and we're coming up with a plan for the next year for like Pacific University. Something happened in my brain when I engaged play that I'm going to tell you, I think I had a deliverance just at Star Wars with my cabinet. And I had to look to my CFO and I had to say, okay, you were right. And then they're trying to talk me now into passes. We're going to have all our cabinet meetings at Disneyland. I'm like, okay, I think this might be a worthy investment. But listen, my lack of play and ability to release and have fun and be, you know, I'm very hypervigilant. I see you. I see you. And we need to heal each other and drag each other to Walt Disney World. Right? We need to drag each other to the women's conference. We need to drag each other out on a Friday night when we'd rather just sit at home in our pajamas because that's what we've done for 20 years. It's time. Witnessing someone else be abused, torture, ritual abuse, exposure to pornography, cyberbullying, these are traumas by its presence but we have to wonder at the wonder that we are. It's okay. Listen, it's okay. My, my, my childhood, it's okay. My therapist told me recently that I have no attachment. That was hard to hear. I didn't have a touch tone. A touch tone is, a, is, a, is that knee that your parents offer when you're little, that you touch their knee and you go play. And guess what? You come back and you smile at them and you touch their knee. And they look at you and say, are you having fun, honey? And you're like, yeah. And then they go play. Did you have a touchstone? If you did, praise the Lord. And if you didn't, Jesus is your touchstone. Not only that, is there someone in your life right now that you need to validate is your touchstone. See, oftentimes we have these traumas, but guess what? We don't recognize the answers that God's provided around you. Some of you didn't have a mother, but you have five mothers that you've never acknowledged in your life that have filled the spot of a mother. Because it doesn't quite look how you think it should look. Too many of us go to our deathbed wanting the love of a father that is not even alive. But we've failed to validate the father figures that have stepped in because they don't look like our father. I think some of you are going to be set free today because God's going to give you new perspective of your life. One is that it's okay to wonder. Number two, it's okay to acknowledge and speak the truth of your story and your traumas. But it's also okay to receive the blessing that God has provided. Are we doing well? Are we doing well? We got some a little bit more time, right, Terry? Okay. I want to give you this quote. This is from Peter Scazzaro. Because I want, us to, I want to give us courage. Emotionally healthy spirituality is not about reality. It's about reality, excuse me. Not denial or illusion. You don't have to be a big girl right now. Speak the truth. The truth what will set you free. free. Do you know I've learned that when people start to just acknowledge their disorders or speak them or their fears, they actually diminish in their life. Sometimes it's okay to say, yes, I have disordered eating. Or yes, I have attachment issues. Or yes, I've had trauma. Or yes, I have problems with vulnerability. You're not too much. 
Whatever secrets you have, they're not too dark. It's about reality, not denial. So I want to ask you what you need today. This is a basic framework. It's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. I have, I'm, I'm an educator, so I want to equip you with like kind of a metric for you guys to just kind of look at. When you're struggling, sometimes we don't, you know, most of us may not have mothers, but we need to mother ourselves. Amen? I remember my ther- one of my therapists said, yes, one of them. I need lots. Uh, one of my therapists, that, another therapist I had way back, she said, Angie, sometimes you have to mother yourself and put yourself down for a nap. I was like, wow, I don't know how to do that. I, I mean, I, I'm a queen of, I, my, of overfunctioning. I don't even feel my body, right? It's true. So I have to look at this metric and say, what do I need? So some of you may need just food, rest, warmth. Many of you are dehydrated in this room, and it's time to up your water game. Okay? Your physical needs have not been met. You know you cannot teach a little kid when they have to go to the bathroom or they're hungry. So why on earth would we think that we're at at all capable of doing higher level things when we don't have basic food, shelter, warmth, and rest? You are not the 1% that can live on five hours of sleep. I'm sorry. You're not among the sleep elite. I know you think you can, but you can't. Eight to nine hours I went, I went to a play last night at Life Pacific. It was amazing. Into the Woods was so good. And I had a lot to do last night, but I literally got home at 1030, and I knew I had today, and I wanted to be my best self for you. I literally did not, I did not stop. I did not pass go. I, I literally went right to bed. That is so rare. I, I did op- open my, my screen and started scrolling a bit, but I put it down. But we have these issues. So what are your needs phys- physically? Maybe you're fine physically, but you don't feel safe and secure. Employment's at risk. Maybe you're in a, a toxic relationship that feels scary. You need to deal with that because you cannot get to the higher level, God, purpose, mission, dreaming, if you haven't dealt with the lower level needs. It goes up. Maybe you're like, I, get, I have good food, I feel safe, but I really need friends. I'm lacking belonging, love, intimacy. Or maybe you're like, you're good there, but you just do not feel appreciated at work. You are lacking your esteem memes. You're not feeling accomplished. You're not feeling proud of yourself. You're not, you don't, maybe you don't feel seen. Acknowledge that. Wonder at your wonder. Or maybe you're not fulfilled, achieving your potential. Whatever your need is, write it down. Because this is your blueprint for moving forward. Most of us just don't know what's going on. Why am I on the hamster wheel? Why am I, what's going on? This gets practical. This helps you. Take a screenshot and check it even weekly. Lord, what do I need? What do I need? I want to skip the next slide and let's go on to the iceberg slide. This is another metric for you to say, what am I mad about, glad about, sad about, anxious about? See, most of what's going on has nothing to do with what people see. It has to do with what's under the iceberg. Under the iceberg is your values, your behaviors. These are your commitments, your skills, your memories, your resilience. These, your performance relies on what's below the iceberg. 
but we only let the 10% show. This is your image manager. This is your agent. Nice to meet you, agent. Right? It's what we want people to see, but what's below? So look at this. This is powerful, ladies. If you are doing devotions, I encourage you to just make a cross in your journal and write mad, sad, glad, anxious, and take a minute to do an inventory. Wonder at your wonder. Wonder at your wonder. Because you are amazing, but if you don't acknowledge what you're feeling, you will never get breakthrough. So ask yourself, what are you mad about? What are you sad about? What is making you happy? And what is making you anxious? What I ask my students and people I work with all the time is what surprised you? And so many times they will say, what surprised me is I have the same thing in every box. Or they'll say, I can't believe how many things I'm glad about that I didn't, don't even really think about. Wow, I need to focus on gratitude and, and, and major on what God's doing. And, or, wow, I'm really mad about something and I haven't even acknowledged it and it's just brewing underneath. Then I ask them the question, what can you control? And sometimes they say, you know what? I can do something about what I'm mad about. And I'm like, do it. Or sometimes they say, you know what? I can't control any of this. It actually doesn't even have to do with me. I'm, I'm codependent and I'm upset about someone else's life. And guess what I say? It's time to set yourself free and own your life and let them own theirs. So I'm going to go through real quickly a battle plan. Ter- Pastor Terry, do we have about 10 minutes? We're gonna, I'm going to equip you for the battle because we're talking about breaking free from the past. We can't break free from the past unless we look at the past. Right? Did we look at the past? Are we going to look at the past? How many of you have had a revelation even in the last 30 minutes? How many, have moment, how many of you remembered something, a trauma, or a word spoken over your life? Okay, wonder at your wonder, because that's how you do deep healing. That's how you have breakthrough, is you got you to gotta bring it all up to the surface, and then you just start slaying one at a time. Slaying one at a time. You have to name your pain, and then we slay. So I'm going to give you the battle plan. This is what's amazing. You know, we live in a natural realm, but we are influenced by the spiritual. Both realms are governed by spiritual laws defined for us in the Bible in Deuteronomy, Luke chapter 1, Romans chapter 2. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, for our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. You have to know that everything that happened to you, Satan is thrilled about. And he's using it to hijack your purpose. It's a master plan. We've been scammed. Because we think that somehow these things that happened need to define us. No, the enemy is making you believe that they get to define you. They get to define you. They get to disqualify you. They're here to make you disabled, discouraged, disappointed. But let me tell you, women, you are authorized by the Lord Jesus. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 says, Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and know that I'm with you always. He has commissioned you. You are authorized with his authority, with the Holy Spirit that he's empowered you with to slay. To slay the enemy at every moment of your life and to slay for the sake of others so that they would come into the kingdom, So you have to understand whose you are. You belong to God. As you are now a part of the kingdom, guess what? We have a new family. 
Blood is thicker than water. What that means is the blood of Christ, listen to this, it's so beautiful. The blood of Christ is thicker than the waters of birth. You have God's bloodline. You literally have his DNA flowing through your body. You are seated at the right hand of God that you, he is in you, you he is in you every single day. That The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That lives in Pastor Terry. That lives in Christina. That lives in Pastor Melissa. You belong to God. And your authority rests on being rooted in who God is and his work in you, meaning your identity. We have to know that we belong to God. We have to know that we are set apart. There's a whole new set of rules when we understand who we belong to. Amen? You guys loving this? Is this helpful? And our authority to slay, that means to do things like Mark chapter 16, verse 17 through 19. This is the authority that he's given you. All these signs will accompany those who believe all the women at Valley Community Church Those who believe in my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes in their hands, and they will drink deadly poison, but it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick, and they will get well. And the Lord Jesus had spoken to them. He was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. If we are not slaying the devil and demons every day, we are not walking in the authority of God. I will tell you there's not a day that I do not deal with a demonic. And it doesn't have to be weird. Listen, in that same passage in Mark, the disciples are sent out, 70 are sent out to go slay and go do the things of God. I mean, these are teenagers, right? They're, They're empowered. They're equipped. And guess what? They come back after a long day of ministry, and they say, Lord, Lord, even at your name, the demons surrendered, even at your name, just saying the name, they trembled. And you know what Jesus says? Yes, I saw Satan fall from the sky. Basically saying, I know the authority. I saw it with my own eyes. And yes, that is true. You have authority. But he said this, let's not make that the main thing. Let's not make that the thing. Let's not get excited about that. Be happy and be excited that your name is written in the book of life. What he's saying, that casting out demons is not the main thing. It's part of the Christian life. It's just what we do. It's just our anointing as we are intimately connected to God. It's just what we do. It's authority that we walk in. And when we're anointed by God, that we can easily help people be set free. Every day, students come in my office. It's not a big deal. But listen, their will has to be engaged. Their will has to be, they have to want to be free. They want to have to renounce the curses and the lies and the depression and anxiety and the, and the things that they're doing. They have to be willing to stop watching that stuff. They have to be willing to not do that thing. They have to be willing to not major on the lies that God has spoken over their, the, the lies that, that the enemy has spoken over their life. Your authority is maintained through intimacy with Jesus that I know who I am and whose I belong to. We also need to know the enemy's strategy. Tom Brady isn't the greatest because he is just good at what he does. No, he knows his opponent, and he studies them. Any great athletic team studies their opponent as much as they build their own skills. we got to know how the enemy works. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy y'all, and we got to be equipped. Is this good? So I'm going to show you the battle plan because there are too many young people walking around depressed and anxious 
and they have total authority to change it. They don't understand. You, you know, I always say, give me your phone and we'll clean up half your life. <laughs> delete, delete, block, delete, delete, block, unfollow. But we have all these attachments. The enemy has legal right to our lives. So let's do, let's start. So let me tell you how to be set free. Let's talk about the enemy's plan for you. This is how he gets us. Number one, sin. Yours, theirs, and generational. Some of you have to slay the generational sin in, in, from your family, and that doesn't take a lot. It takes healing prayer. It takes you taking authority over your ancestry on your dad's side and your father's side, your dad's side and your mother's side. Breaking free from the past has to do with stopping the sin of the past. Some of you have been sinned against by people, and that has created a stronghold in your life. And I'm sorry. But guess what? Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Some of you, it's time to let go and receive the grace that God's given you and forgive. It says that unless we forgive, we cannot be forgiven. The enemy knows your sin. He knows how you've been sinned against. And he knows what's in your generations. Wonder at your wonder and start doing business. Anyone with me? Number two. The way the enemy gets to us and why we can't break free from our past is that we, could, we neglect our relationship with God. We neglect our relationship with God. So many times I have students coming to me, they want to be free, but they can't remember the last time they did their devotions or spent time in prayer. The most freest people are the ones that are leaning into Jesus. See, Jesus is the way. I love therapists, I love counselors, but it should never replace the way. Jesus has a way that works. And yet so many of us, they don't want, we wanna, don't wanna do it God's way. Listen, God's way, I'm sorry, you cannot be like this. You can't be straddling the world and heaven. You gotta be all in. Why, the p- person who's on the fence, when you have opposing sides, who's the one that's gonna get shot? The one in the middle. We have to go all in for Jesus. We have to go all in. If that means being radical, you gotta do it. If that means no phone, go into flip phone, do it. Parents, if that means you're not the cool mom because you don't allow screen time, stop with the, stop with the phones. Fine phones are fine, but we've got to boundary our kids from social media. The, the problem is, guess what? Social media is expected. Culture did that to your kids. They didn't choose it. Culture chose it. And now moms, we're, we're like, should we let them have a phone? Should we let them have Snapchat? Should we let them have TikTok? No. 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 I don't care if they're weird. They'll figure it out in college. But better them have a template that has not been traumatized. Let them struggle through a little bit. Better that than they're cool and relevant and traumatized. And now they're not going to be able to have a strong bonding with their spouse. They're going to have addiction, addictions. They're going to not be able to focus Be uncool. Be uncool. And focus on relationship with God and focus on relationship with others. How about have a conversation with them? Some of you want the attention of your kids or your 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 nieces or or um but guess what? The ship has sailed. Because when they needed you, you weren't there, right? Does anyone get that? We can't neglect our relationship with God. This is another way the enemy uses his tactics with vows and promises. There are 
about 30 biblical references to vows, and most, most of which are from the Old Testament. The books of Leviticus and Numbers have several re- references to vows in relation to offering and sacrifices. And there were dire consequences for Israelites who broke vows, especially vows to God. However, there is many passages where they were not supposed to make vows. There's a passage in Judges where it was, it was t- um, the story of Jephthah illustrates the foolishness of making vows without understanding the consequences. So before leading Israel into battle against the Ammonites, Jephthah, described as a mighty man of valor, made a rash vow that he would give the Lord whatever first came out of the doors to meet him if he returned home as the victor. When the Lord granted him victory, the one who came out to meet him was his daughter. He remembered his vow and offered her to the Lord. Whether or not he should have kept the vow or not is a I guess, another story. But, it, but this passage demonstrates the foolishness of rash vows. I will love you forever. I will never leave you. I will always make you proud. I will carry on your legacy. Foolish vows. Vows that bind us to a promise that drive us Vows that the enemy knows and brings guilt into your life when you don't keep them. We need to watch our vows and promises. I made a vow to my dad upon his death that I would carry on and make him proud. That vow almost killed me in the early 2000s. I was so bound to be and to do and live out a legacy that wasn't my assignment. And so I just want to set you free today. Whatever's driving you, make sure it's from Jesus and not your own vows. If you made a vow to an ex-boyfriend or an ex-relationship, I want to really challenge you to repent and renounce that vow. Because it could be that that vow is holding you back from present day love. Because there's some loyalty that you have that is spiritual that you may not even understand. Vows and promises are powerful. A young woman came to my office when she was a student. She's now married with a beautiful child. She was engaged, and she plopped down on my chair, and she worked for me, and she says, Angie, I'm just so um, depressed. It's just February's a hard month. I'm like, talk to me about that. She goes, in February, when we were in high school, one of our friends in our friend group died tragically, and and he died, and in, in, in our friend group, we all, like, it meant, he meant so much to him that we all made a pact that we were going to honor his life every February. And so this is the month. I said, I said, Sarah, I'll call her Sarah, how long ago did he pass away? And she goes, about five, six years ago. I said, Sarah, he's in heaven. He's celebrating with the King of Kings and Lords of Lords, and you're engaged in planning a wedding, and you are depressed in February. I said, may I propose that you need to kind of break the pact, break the vow? She said, Angie, I never thought about it. I said, yeah. I said, you are having the same emotions. You are living out the same feelings you felt five years ago. And she's like, okay, let's pray. So she literally prayed. And she said, Lord, forgive me. Thank you for my friend, but Lord, forgive me for making a pact. I honor his life through the joy of my life, and I am so glad he's celebrating in heaven. But I break this pact right now in Jesus' name. Before she even opened her eyes, she jumped up out of the chair, and she said, I feel amazing. I said, wow, incredible. And she bounced out of my office. 
We don't know and understand the things that are holding us back from our past by vows and promises we made. Is this speaking to anybody? It is time, breaking free, guys. We're breaking free right now. Next, the wrong view of God or self. God is mean, God is scary, God is um, abusive, God is domineering, God only likes me when I'm doing good. These are all views of God that we get from messages from our family of origin, amen? So if you have a wrong view of God or a wrong view of yourself, you are not gonna have breakthrough in your life. Because who is our God, who is our God figure? our parents. So how we related to authority is how we relate to God. This is the enemy's tactic. Let's get the right view of God. Amen. Word curses, negative self-talk. This is a huge tactic of the enemy. And I don't even think we need an enemy because we as ladies, we're talkers. We're powerful. We're force fields. We just zing ourselves. We zing our kids. We zing our spouses, our bosses, our friends. And we need to discipline our mouths. Word curses are powerful, negative self-talk. I've said it before. I have a thing. When if, whenever someone around me curses themselves, Kristen, you know. Cancel, cancel. You know how many times my five-year-old daughter would cancel me? I, I, told, I was like, man, I really shouldn't have told Natalie about this. But when she was little, listen, that's what I'm saying. Your little ones, you, they will hold you accountable. But guess what? You will teach them how to be accountable to their own self-talk. This is our battlefield, ladies. Is our minds and our thoughts and our words. What if we decided to bring only life? That whole saying, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Angie Ritchie, don't say anything at all. I'm going to see my husband today. It's been a few days because I've been busy with work. And I'm like, I'm, I'm telling myself, if I don't have anything nice to say, zip. He's amazing. But you know what? We can be like, well, what about this? What about Right? They're little things that undermine joy in our lives. Cancel, cancel. Take authority. Check yourself. Cancel yourself every day and start rewiring the brain. See, you're going to do it today. You're going to, you're going to, you you know what, guys, this week, you're going to cancel yourself every minute. That's what, because you are going to, you're, we're so toxic. All we're going to be is cancel, 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 right? Because we're so, so in the red with this. But if we, again, start wondering at the wonder and we start Knowing what's going on, guess what? We can break free from the past. you got to break free from your past talk. Talk that you just automatically share and say no more. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Pastor Terry said, guard your heart because out of it flows goodness in your heart, gratitude, Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Whatever you speak, we will eat its fruit. Let's go on to the next slide. Unhealthy relationships or boundaries. This is how, God, how the enemy gets us. It's time to clean up our social circle. Some of you want to be a missionary in your, in your friend group. And I'm going to say, go ahead as long as you're remaining strong. But if a friendship or relationship is bringing you down, it is time to break free. Sometimes we take on other people's emotions. And let me tell you, you get what you tolerate. The lack of boundaries invites disrespect. You are not the sacrificial lamb in the workplace. You are not the sacrificial lamb in your home. Teach people how to treat you. 
have boundaries. Jesus had boundaries. He didn't heal everyone. He didn't run after people and convince them to choose God. He let people walk away sad. He asked them, do you want to be healed? And had them take responsibility. He went away often to lonely places. He decided that he, when he was, you know, barely done with the ministry, he's like, I'm peacing out. I'll meet me on the other side because I'm tired. What megachurch pastor would do that today? Jesus knew his boundaries. I am learning boundaries, you guys. I am resetting my life right now. And I'm, because I'm with you. My sleep has been atrocious. So walking into the, to my place last night and going to sleep, that was a win. That was a win. That's me breaking free from the past. You break free from the past when you do different today. The last one I want to share before we go to lunch, I'm going to leave you with a good one, is soul ties. This is how the enemy works. Soul ties come from vows or promises. It comes from sexual relationships from someone that we're no longer with. It comes from power dynamics where you have surrendered to a power force, a person that you've surrendered to that you were not supposed to. You've endured abuse of any kind or you've been manipulated by flattery. It happened to me. Several years ago, we had someone in our church that flattered me and, I, and was actually recommended by a mentor. So, of course, I want to be like Supergirl. I want her to make her happy. Well, I found that I was making her so happy. I was compromising so many things. I was giving, her, giving away my network. I was giving her access. I was uh, changing the way we did things at church to appease her. And my husband was like, what is wrong with you? You're a grown woman. I'm like, I don't know. I'm vulnerable. I'm, I, I personally am vulnerable to narcissists. I'm vulnerable to them. I want to please them. Saying that, when I admitted that, that really started to change me, and I started breaking free from that, the past. Why am I vulnerable to narcissists? Is because of my upbringing. But then I found myself getting a power dynamic, and finally one day I, I told my sister, I said, I'm done with this. My daughter was young. We were at ballet, and we were waiting for them to pick them up from ballet, and I said, Katie, I think I need to break a soul tie with this woman because I don't know what is wrong with me. I am not myself. I, I was working at life. <laughs> I was a grown person. And as soon as I said, Lord, forgive me for giving away my power. Lord, forgive me for caring more about what people think of me than what you think of me. Lord, forgive me for not listening to my husband. Forgive me for denying what I knew is right. Lord, forgive me for not obeying you. And forgive me for my fear. I owned it. And I break this whole tie in the name of Jesus. And as soon as I did that, free. The next day, I, was, I became mean Angie. <laughs> I was like, no. No, I'm not going to do that. I was like, I was literally like, I felt like nothing. I felt no twinge to people please to be anything but like free signs of a soul tie can be an attachment where you feel so attached that you refuse to cut the connection and set a boundary maybe it's an obsession where you think about the other person and you can't get them off your mind or maybe when, whenever you do anything you make a decision you, you have a conversation with someone you feel like the person is actually with you or watching you Sign of a soul tie can be a memory when you maybe are with someone sexually and you can hardly keep yourself from visualizing the person. It means you have a soul tie. Or a defensiveness when you take on the negative traits or if someone at all says you probably should put a boundary, you actually start defending your right to have that relationship or you carry their offenses. Somehow you change. I, I work with a lot of people who actually carry like anger and resentment of someone else. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, that's not yours. 
You start to behave like someone else. It's called behavior mirroring. You start to act like them, talk like them, think like them, or relationships have been blocked because of them, or maybe you have dreams about them. Well, let me tell you, you can break free from a soul tie. Is, anyone, is anything coming to mind? I'm going to leave you with this prayer as we head on to break. But this is a very simple thing. See, you guys, breaking free from the past is not hard. We just have to wonder at our wonder. We have to just wonder. And I'm going to give you a path. So this is what I want to do before we go to lunch. We're just slaying, right? We're going to slay demons, and then we're going to go have a wonderful feminine lunch. (laughs) Okay? We're just going to enjoy our food and feel free. You know how many soul ties the next generation has? Because they think that they're superhuman and they're disconnected from their bodies and their minds. And they think it's just a body and recreational sex and sexting and what they see doesn't matter. And it's insane. We've got to help them. So I want you to think of a soul tie you may have. Again, it's not just sexual. It could be a power dynamic. It could be a submission to someone that's not good for you. I want you to put their name in the blank. And I'm going to pray. So are you guys ready for this? Are you guys in agreement? Are you guys going to assert your will into this? And are you going to take authority that God has given you and authorized you to do? Let's do it. Okay. Close your eyes. I want you to pray it for yourself as I pray it over you. In the name of Jesus, I break all soul ties and agreements with and cut off all influence from them. I confess and repent for the ways I've participated in forming this agreement. I will announce and reject the lies of. I send back to them all that is theirs washed in the blood of Jesus. I cast out spirits and send to the foot of the cross not to replace, retaliate, or return to my life. And Lord Jesus, I reclaim all that is mine washed in the blood of Jesus. And I receive today, Lord, your peace, your joy, your hope, your restoration, your truth, your healing, your abundance, your freedom over me in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Let's give a hand to the Lord. So after lunch, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about breakthrough. Breakthrough for your future and joy. So we have to wonder at our wonder and now we're going to go into the future and we're going to build joy in our lives because it's not just letting go of the past because the past is a process, right? But we can also have the past and breaking free, but we can also have breakthrough today. Today, you're going to have breakthrough and joy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you. This way. We'll go this way. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. Woo. Praise the Lord. Don't you love this? We got to know ourselves to break through. Well, ladies, we're going to quickly go 
uh, next door, and I'm going to pray over the food here. And you're going to, when you checked in, you got a ticket for what you ordered. So you're going to go through the line, and the, the food is all the way in the chapel, past the tables and chairs um, into the chapel area. There's four tables set up with the different color coatings. So uh, turkey and vegetarian is on the right side, and grilled chicken and ham are on the left side uh, when you go in. So just go to that table, get your box, and then you will just go find a seat at, at any of the tables. Everything's open. There's nothing reserved. Um, well, except for Angie and I have to have a seat somewhere. And so, um, but I just want to just tell you, of course, then um, after we'll, we have a lot of gift giveaways over there. So after you get seated, we'll start giving away some things. So you all got your blue ticket too to check in for the raffle? Okay. So get that handy and ready too. Are you ready to go eat? Okay, Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord, for just pressing into us, Lord, and showing us and teaching us, revealing to us, Lord, more of what you have for us so that we can truly be free, breakthroughs, Lord, to be the, not only the mission you've given us, Lord, the vision you have for us, but the joy that you've given us for this life. We thank you for all these things. We thank you for Dr. Angie. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So feel free to go ahead and uh, file next door uh, into the uh, double doors, and they will lead you where you need to go.